Welcome to another episode of the Chapel Hill Thrill. I'm your host, Jacob Karabatsis. Special guest with me today, one of my classmates, an absolute legend covering the Tar Heels, Richard Juice Adkins is in the building. How we doing today, Richard? Doing good, man. I appreciate the introduction, a little gas on that, you know, get your foot off the pedal, but I appreciate it. Uh, excited to be here and thank you for having me on your show. Absolutely. And before we get into it, you already know, got to plug some of Richard's work. He writes for Tar Heels Wire. So if you're on Tar Heels Wire, go hit go hit Richard up, man. Yep. You see the articles. He's putting in the work. His Twitter is at Richard J. Atkins. Go peep him. He, he's an animal. He's an animal in the social media space, man. And let me tell you something. If you know Richard and you're listening to this, you know you're in for a treat today because He's the hot take king. There is no one that can cook up a hot take like Richard. So, obviously, you know, UNC season starts this week. We got a big one on Saturday. The border game, North Carolina versus South Carolina in Charlotte. Last time they played in Charlotte, it was not a good result for UNC. But both teams come into this game with completely different rosters. Richard, what are you expecting out of the Tar Heels on Saturday? I'm expecting an offensive showdown. I'm expecting fireworks. I want fireworks. The last time I was in Bank of America Stadium, I was watching Luke Combs bring it down. I'm going to be there again to watch Carolina hopefully bring it down again. I think the Tar Heels is going to capitalize the most off their run game. I think a lot of people are looking at the the quarterbacks like, oh, this is going to be a a battle of which quarterback is the best. But a lot of people are sleeping on Carolina running backs. This is a one of the best running back communities they've had in quite some time. And I think it's going to be truly special. Yeah. And it's it's funny because what this game is to me is a tale of two teams who have the ability to, to exploit the weaknesses and the strengths of the other side. Like, for example, South Carolina always is known for the secondary and their, their ability to keep passing quarterbacks under wraps. Like, I think they av- I think they gave up 217 or something like that passing yards a game last year, which is insane. Then you go to the other side and it's like, UNC has what, in my opinion, is the best quarterback in the nation. And that passing offense, I mean, last year, like, what, they were probably top 25, top 20 in passing offense. So it's like you've got a top – a defense that was top 30 in pass defense last year. you got an offense that was top 30 in pass offense. So do you think that – do you think that it is – a little bit of a concern to where UNC will have, they have to establish the ground game in this matchup, or do you think it's one of those things where it doesn't matter 
even if UNC comes out, can't run the ball and only combines for 85 rushing yards, do you think Drake will figure it out and they'll get it done regardless? I think it absolutely that absolutely does matter. Uh, no Tez Walker, like the decision is still in the air. We don't know if he'll be playing or not Saturday. And I think that's pretty alarming when you think of what uh, UNC could do this weekend when it comes to the passing game. Drake May is a phenomenal quarterback, but this is new territory. You don't have Green no more. You don't have Josh Downs no more. I think the running back game is going to be really critical here for UNC and what they want to do uh, come Saturday. Yeah, I mean, it's – it really, it really sucks because I will confidently say that if I trusted UNC's defense, I think they'd be like a shoe-in top 12 team, without a doubt. I mean, the personnel's changed a lot, which is great. They've gotten a lot older on that side of the ball. You know, Cedric Gray is probably, like, going to finish the season as a first-team All-American. And then – you look at the rest, like their experience, like Power Eccles is a junior. They bring back, they bring back a lot of experience this year, which I think that's really been the problem above all, like in the last couple seasons with how bad the defense has been, is they were young. Yeah. Like, and this, you know, this isn't. Not everyone's Georgia and Alabama. I think people get that misconception. Like they can plug their freshmen in and they're fine. But that, that's a different, that's a whole different scenario. I mean, we had, I'm pretty sure last year and the year before, there was a few seniors and juniors sprinkled in, but there was also a lot of freshmen and a lot of sophomores sprinkled in. So do you think that this year, under more veteran leadership, and a super insane individual talent like said Gray and honestly a pretty good front seven in general. What's your expectation for defensive improvement this year? Because it can't get worse. They gave up like 32 points and 400-something yards a game last year. So, I think you said it best. I think the defense is going to be the driving force whether or not the Tar Heels do something this year. And it's, it's unfortunate because they did lose a lot of personnel. They did, uh, like Dre Bly, phenomenal uh, secondary coach. He's no longer in Chapel Hill, but you got to wonder, you know, is that going to make the Tar Heels secondary better? The defensive back struggled a lot last year. Talk about the experience. Travis Shaw entering his sophomore season. We expected something big from him. Uh, I think the UNC defense is in a questionable state right now, slate right now. I think uh could go either way, honestly, it, but it d- definitely depends on the defense if the Tar Heels is going to have a good season or not. Yeah, I mean, you look at it. Last year, if the defense prob- if the defensive problems were fixed, they win at least two more games. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you look at the offense, obviously Drake, he's going to Drake. He's incredible. The running back committee, like you said, is to have five deep, is nuts. I mean, and this team truly is five deep. Whereas you look at the South Carolina side of the ball, you know, they're running the, a, a two person running back committee. So it's like, it, it's different. I mean, UNC is going to have fresh legs out there almost every snap. They don't have to, but they certainly can if they want to. Whereas South Carolina, it's like one injury or one you know, one long run 
take a guy out. You're bringing in guy. I mean, their starting running back is to carry on Joyner, who came into the program as a quarterback. So it's like, I don't know. I I, I really do think that the UNC defense is going to be. I'm not going to sit here and and say, oh, this is going to be like one of the best 25, 30 defenses in the nation. They don't have to be that. This is like the Kansas City Chiefs. They just need to be adequate. They just need to be good enough. And I do think they'll be good enough. I mean, the front is is nasty. Like, Sed Gray, Power Eccles, Kamon Rucker, Tomon Fox, Javari Ritzy, like, the, they're stacked. Like like the front seven, the front seven is is nice. I think the biggest question is what you brought up, and that is, can the secondary get better? I mean, it's a completely new secondary. Last year it was Grimes, it was Cavazos. Really, none of those guys are there anymore. So it's gonna be, it's gonna be a sight to see. And I just, it's a tale of two teams that like to throw the ball, two teams that put up a lot of points, and two teams that finished the season on really different trajectories last year. Like, UNC started hot, and then they had their hiccups. South Carolina had hiccups early, and then finished winning at Tennessee, winning at Clemson. So, I'm just looking at the rosters and everything, like, I genuinely think this game is is a toss-up, but I also think it's a great test for UNC. So what is your what is your expectation for the season based on the result of this game? Do you think a loss completely derails them? Do you think a win gives them that confidence boost that they need and propels them? What do you th- what do you how do you think this game dictates the rest of the season? I think this game is huge. I think it may plays a, a huge impact. I looked at the schedule. You got Clemson on there. And you got NC State late. Probably the two other hardest games. I look at this game as the hardest game on Carolina's schedule because it is the opening week. You got college game day there. All eyes is on UNC, and they have to. They have to perform. There's no excuses about it. They have to absolutely perform in this game. Um, I'm looking at this game as if UNC wins this game, not only win but dominate. I think this team could go undefeated. I dare. I said it here on live on Chapel Hill Trail. The Tar Heels can absolutely go undefeated if they win Week One. That's a fact. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely don't disagree that it's in the realm of possibility. Like it's, you know, it's the AC. Like the ACC is not insanely strong. They're gonna have a couple really tough games, but th- this is this is the confidence booster. Like you don't usually get a tone setting game like this this early on, and I actually think it's great for this team because of how they finished last year and because I think it's important for them to come out and realize like they're going to have to bring it every single week. Like there, there's no, there's no weeks off. You start the season ranked, you have a Heisman candidate and an elite quarterback. There's a different type of target on your back, but I don't know. I mean, I really do just think UNC 
yeah, they lost some key pieces, and obviously they lost downs, and the Tez Walker stuff is happening. But even with all that, like, I just think this roster is just so much better. I mean, the whole entire O-line is seniors or grad transfers. Like, that type of veteran leadership on your O-line is huge. And then it's like, even if Tez doesn't play, you bring in Nate McCollum, and you have Gavin Blackwell, and then you have three dudes, J.J. Jones, Green, and Kobe Paceauer, that all were pretty solid when they did play last year. So, I mean, the wide receiver room is also loaded. But what what's your biggest what's your biggest key? What what, what are your biggest takeaways um, for the game on Saturday? What what does UNC have to do? in order to set the tone early and come out here with the dub? Uh, two things. They have to get to the quarterback and they have to protect Drake May. Last year, Drake May was sacked 40 times. He led the ACC being sacked 40 times. You just cannot have that, especially for a Heisman candidate. And then on the other side of the ball, get to the quarterback. You got to make Spencer Rattler uncomfortable. You got to get him uncomfortable. You got to bring pressure all day, all game. Yeah. And, you know, I agree. I think my other biggest thing that I would say in terms of what UNC has to do to win this game is I think they just have to bend and not break. It They're going to score touchdowns. If they can hold Rattler and the Gamecocks to field goals, that's going to that's gonna be huge. That's, that's going to bode very well for them. And then I think the other thing is they have to be the first ones to establish the ground game. I think that's like the number one thing. Use your committee, make them respect the ground game, and then once you make them respect the ground game, it opens up so much for Drake that there might not be an answer because South Carolina was a, was a notch better than UNC last year defensively, but, I mean, against the run, they were they were just as bad. Like they were, they were just as bad as UNC was against the run. So it's gonna, it's gonna be very interesting. I also think that UNC does win this game. I, I think it's, I think it's gonna be like one of those thirty-eight to thirty-four or like thirty-five to thirty-one heavyweight bouts where everyone's just exchanging scoring blows. But there is one blow that UNC is taking right now that I spoke on a little bit last week. I want to give you the chance to just get all your feelings out on it. We're still up in the air on Tez, like you said earlier. So, I mean, what are your honest thoughts on this whole Tez Walker fiasco and how the NCAA has handled it? You know, I I think the NCAA does a terrible job when it comes to a situation like this, and it's just showing once again, that they do not know what they're doing. I mean, you're punishing a kid for not being able to play during the COVID year. So what do you, what do you, what what type of message are you trying to get out? Right? What what is your message? Because the kid could not play. He only played at Kent State. He never played at Central. He he had no opportunity because the season was canceled. So I understand you want to count it as a transfer, but it, he didn't play. So I think I'm, I'm with every art, every other Tar Heel faithful out there. Just let the kid play. I don't see the problem with it. I understand the transfer portal is jacked up. I understand that you know some coaches and and 
even staff doesn't like the whole NLI, NIO situation going on. But, I mean, this situation is just, in my opinion, ridiculous. The fact that Mac Brown still has no clue what's going on because he, ha- he hasn't heard anything from the NCAA president. Like, all of it, in my opinion, is just crazy. And it's ridiculous that this is still happening in 2023 because you're punishing a kid for COVID, for a COVID season that didn't happen. Yeah, it's it's pretty awful. I mean, it's just it's almost it just doesn't make sense because when you look across the the nation and in the portal, there are a lot of guys who are two time transfers that have gained eligibility for this season. It's also just the fact that they did it after he enrolled in classes. It was so late. I don't know. It's it's just not a good situation. But you know, if Tez Walker can't go, which it doesn't look like he's going to be able to, what what's your who, who's your guy? Who's your guy in this wide receiver room? Or it could be a tight end. Either way, but who who do you think becomes jo- this version? of Josh Downs to Drake, this year's version of Josh Downs to Drake May? Who becomes that guy? You know, I was so hopeful that it was going to be Tez Walker, but like you said, he might not suit up. So, I mean, I guess you got JJ there, right? You got Kobe. Um, but I like the tight end room a lot. I actually wrote a, a recent article covering the tight end room and just the amount of talent that's there is, I mean, it's loaded. But the kid I really like is Bryson Nisbet. Look out for him. I think he's going to have a breakout season. He did great last year. He was one of the top five reception targets for UNC right behind Green and uh, Josh Downs. So I think that's going to be the target to look out for. And, of course, don't forget, May is a mobile quarterback. He can make it run as well if he needs to. So look out for that. Yeah. It's going to be be interesting to see what they do because – they have three really good tight ends, Kamar Morales, Bryson Nesmit, and John Copenhaver. Who knows if they even if a guy even breaks away from that pack because they're all three so good. I almost think it's going to be one of those things where UNC gets this, this Swiss Army knife identity where they can almost do a little bit of what the Ravens do a lot. And UNC won't do this as often, but – they have that ability if they really want to, to come out in a three tight end set and look like they're about to just absolutely run some jumbo package. And all three of those guys can catch the ball. The ability to run a read option, to run play action and, and have Nesbitt up the seam 30 yards wide open downfield. Cause they think it's a run play. Like, it's gonna be it's gonna be insane. Like I cannot wait to see how this playbook is unlocked. And you know, it is a new is a new offensive mind over there, but I don't think that's necessarily gonna be a bad thing. I mean, as great as Drake May was, I wasn't always a fan of the the long go play calls, to be completely honest. But you know, I just I'm excited, man. So before we get into a little bit of the later schedule, do you have to ask this? What is your boldest, not team take, but your boldest take about a player from UNC this season? What, what's your hot player take for UNC? Oh, that's hard. Um, 
Well, I tell you what, my boldest prediction was that Tez Walker was going to become the best wide receiver in the nation, but who knows if that could happen now. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know if it's this bold, but I, I truly think Drake May wins Heisman this year. I think he is the Heisman winner. I think he will show to be the best quarterback in the nation. I think Caleb Williams is a great, great player, but I think Drake May shows that he is him this year. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, like if I was putting money on a Heisman winner, I'd 1,000% put it on Drake May just because the ACC – Pretty favorable schedule. I mean, they have a couple, they have a couple games, but for starters, they don't have to play Florida State this year, which is going to be big. I mean, can I just can I just say something real quick? Florida you know, State, Florida State is, gas. I'm sorry, they are overrated. Number eight ranked. Number eight ranked. Yeah. Number eight. 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 They, they are overrated, but the ACC is like. It's not strong from top to bottom. And I'm just looking at, at UNC's schedule, and it's like South Carolina game's tough. Yeah. We're playing app at home. App is – let me just tell y'all app fans something if you're out there. Y'all aren't the same team this year that you've been in the past. I'm just I, – I, y'all are in for a rude awakening this year. Pitt – that playing in Pitt's always tough. Never going never gonna to fault that. Syracuse at home – not worried about that. My literally the stretch of Syracuse, Miami, Virginia, back to back to back at home. That that should be three. Miami will be the closest game, but that should be three easy wins. Then you go to Georgia Tech, should be another easy one. Then yep. you got Campbell at home. You got Duke at home, and then you finish with your with your tough stretch, which is at Clemson at NC State, which I hate to say that that's tough because we should kill NC State, but I don't know what this team's issue is. They always, like, oh, the ways that they create to lose to NC State baffles me. So, I mean, hearing that schedule, man, like, what's your floor? Like, what's your floor for this team? Floor, uh, at least eight wins. I, I give you four losses. That's fine. I mean, I could see us losing to Clemson. I could see losing to to, to State, South Carolina. I could see it, and then possibly even losing to Miami or VA. But my honest opinion, I, I do think this team could go undefeated. I really do. I really like what I see in this team. I think Clemson is overrated. I think NC State is going to be the team that either is going to put a nail in our coffin or send us on to to playoff heaven. So, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't disagree. I think I think Clemson is ranked more for their name than anything else. Because, you know, like I said on the last episode, I grew up watching South Carolina football because my dad went there. And let me tell you something, like, if Clemson was really that good, they wouldn't have lost to South Carolina last season. And I know that Cade is the quarterback now, but personnel's pretty similar. I I mean – it's just time to kind of admit that Clemson was never going to be that Alabama or Georgia level dynasty. Like they just weren't, it's just, it's hard to do, especially in the ACC. Yeah. Dude, I mean, I, I like looking at it. It's the more, the more you look at it, the more you start to really. Are you believing? Mouth. 
you really you really start to drool from the mouth and you're like, dude, like, I'll be honest with you. I'm not saying this is their floor and this might be a, I guess you could consider this a hot take. I will be upset if this team finishes worse than 10, 10 and 2. Like, that's fair. Just because I think they're that good. Like, I, I, I don't think, I don't think that there's an excuse. Like, eight and four, I would be a little upset because that means they probably lose two games they shouldn't. That's all I'm asking. Like, if you if your two losses this year to South Carolina and Clemson or NC State and Clemson, I'll live. You lost the two teams that are good. What do you think those two losses do, though? If they do lose to South Carolina and Clemson, you think they get a terrible bowl game? Do they finish top 25 AP at the end of the season? I think so, just because, all right, if you look at it like this, if they lose to South Carolina, them and South Carolina switch spots. And then South Carolina gets in the top 25, North Carolina drops out. And then they have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games before they pay, play Clemson that they should win. If they're eight and one and the offense is elite, they'll be back in at that point for sure. Yeah. And then if they just play a close game, like if they get blown out by Clemson, it's going to hurt. But as long as they play, as long as they play a close game in Death Valley, I think I think they'll stay in. And then now, if they lose to Clemson and State, that's when it could get interesting. Because if you're ten and zero, and your toughest game South Carolina, and let's say South Carolina ends up not looking great in the conference, you're ten and zero, and then you come in and let's say you get smoked at Death Valley, and then you go lose to State. Ooh. Then you're ten and two, and that's that's what that's when it looks bad. Yeah. It's like, was it schedule? You know, I just, I just want to see him make make a freaking solid New Year's Day bowl. That's it. That's all I'm asking. I'm, <laughs> if they make the playoffs, it'd be great. But I don't know. You you know how this goes, Richard. UNC football finds new ways to mess with our heads. Yep. And it, it's going to it's going to be a fun one. So, before we get out of here, I want right now score prediction, Drake May stat line prediction for Saturday. What you got? All right, let's say 31-17 UNC. I think the defense actually shows up. I think they do what they got to do. I think the offense actually holds on to the ball and kind of kills come time management a little bit there. Uh, as far as Drake May's stat line, I'm expecting a huge game. I'm expecting, let's just say, 280 passing yards, 70 rushing yards, three touchdowns. Three total or just three passing? Three three passing. One rushing. Mm-hmm. Let's have fun with it. Oh, that's yeah. too much now. So three three total touchdowns. It's good. He, he is real. He's real, real good in that. In that ten yard, ten yard and in area, yeah, they never expect him to run, and he'll pull it, and that's why he scored so many rushing touchdowns last year. Like, I also just feel like people don't realize just quite how mobile he is. I don't think people realize that Sam Howell was mobile either. The difference between Drake May and Sam Howell is that Drake May knows not to get hit. 
Sam Howell is just out there lowering his shoulder every every week going to war, which I respect. I'm gonna say, God Almighty, it's gonna be it's gonna be such a fun game. Like it is. I'm so glad that they're making this. Uh, it's just the perfect opener because last time mm. UNC got embarrassed. We ain't got. We ain't even got to talk about. We <laughs> they're coming back with a chip on their shoulder. I'm gonna go thirty-five to thirty-one in UNC. Let's go on. My Drake May stat line is gonna be. I'm not gonna lie. I think he gets three bills first game coming out. I think he comes out hot. I think he'll go for. I'm gonna say he he throws for like three oh seven. Um, three tugs, and then I'm gonna say he gets goes for like 40 on the ground, 30 on the ground, something like that. And I think he gets in the end zone. I really do. I think he accounts for for 28 of UNC's 35 points. I mean, and then they'll get one on the ground somewhere. But God Almighty, I cannot wait, man. I it's it just feels good to be excited about UNC football. It's gonna be a good year. I actually got I my, I got my dog at Carolina Blue Mohawk. Y'all want to see it? <laughs> Absolutely. All right, so don't judge them because the ears are supposed to be Broncos orange, but uh, so it came out a little different. Come on, buddy. Oh, let's see if I can get him. <laughs> he's coming. Oh, maybe. Oh yeah, he's he's got the full hey. on Richard Atkins football season fit right now. Yep. So. There you have it. Love that. Tar Heels going undefeated. <laughs> hey, if the dogs have the blue mohawk, they just might. All right. You know, great talk with my guy, Richard. Before we go and before you plug all your stuff one last time, yep. I want you to just rattle off a couple hot takes before you get out of here. It doesn't just have to be football related. You can just rattle off all UNC hot takes that you have before you get out of here because we got to let the people hear. Awesome. It will be an honor. Here we go. Uh, go ahead and sit back and buckle your seatbelt. So Florida State, number eight, overrated, won't finish top 25 AP poll, guaranteed fact. Another one, a lot of people focus on the men's basketball program at UNC. Let me tell you something. The UNC women's basketball program is going to be a national champion that's my hot take for the year. That's my hot take for the show. I'm telling you right now, write it in your books. The writing is on the wall. The writing is on the wall. The UNC women's basketball program will be national champions by the end of this year, and that's a fact. Listen, they, people are following the program. They know that's hot, but it's it's really only hot because of how good UConn and South Carolina and all those teams are like in terms of the UNC roster itself. I don't think it's that hot. I mean, they're they're good, man. But yeah. man, see, I, I just can't I can't piece together the hot takes quite like Richard. Um, I, so we'll have to wait closer to basketball season. Maybe I'll have a couple locked and loaded. But great having my guy Richard on. Richard, plug all your stuff one last time, man, before we get up out of here. 
Definitely uh, follow me on Twitter at Richard J. Atkins. That's where all my Carolina material is that I write for the Tar Heels Wire. Um, if you see me at a football, basketball game, come say hi. I don't bite, I promise. Um, I also do comedy. I'll be at the North Carolina Comedy Festival next week in Greensboro, North Carolina. Come check your boy out on Instagram and social. It's Juice Atkins. Twitter is Richard J. Atkins. Thank you, Jacob. You have been awesome. Thank you for having me on. It's honor and uh, much blessings for your future in the show. Absolutely, man. You know, always got to have the Chapel Hill classmates on. And I didn't want to start the show on this note just because it is very somber. But I do want to once again give prayers, condolences to everyone at UNC right now. Um, it's messed up. We keep having to go through this. Unfortunate. But just want to just want to send thoughts and prayers specifically to the campus, the faculty, the staff, the students, and specifically to the professor that undeservingly lost their life. So, I mean, a lot to think about there. Scary, scary stuff yesterday. And it sucks. Um, hopefully something changes soon because when it happens, you know, in a place that was our home two years ago, it makes it resonate a little different than, you know, if it happens, if it happens elsewhere, because in your mind, you know, you know, it's, it's like, a, it's like an American horror story of this could happen to me anytime, but in, in your mind, you really don't think you're ever going to be in that position. And to think that we could have been in that position, very awful, but it's going to be a fun season, man. I really hope that this this football team meets expectations and gives these students something to rally around at a time that they really need something to rally around. They really need something to to excite them, to, you know, bring them through these next coming months because it's going to be tough to recover from, but this can be a nice distraction. So UNC football guys, if you're hearing this, do it, do it for the student body, man. If not for anyone else, do it for the student body. But excellent episode. Richard, we'll talk throughout the season. Might have to bring you back on to see if any of your hot takes are coming to fruition. We'll be back after the game to do a little recap sometime later this week, early next week. Until then, that's all for this episode of the Chapel Hill Thrill.